and welcome to the international break, or as I like to call it, the interlull. Uh, so no Dyson this week, uh, but hello, it's Richie here. And when I was looking after rock and roll football during the interlull, I was lucky enough to meet the unbelievable Chris Kamara, uh, who has a new book out uh, called My Unbelievable Life. Uh, here is the full chat that I had with Chris Kamara. Brace yourselves, it's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Cammy, welcome. It's 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 Thank always you. it's it's exciting to have you on. It's always good to see you. How are you, first oh, of all? I'm good. Good. Richie. I'm on the mend, which is great. Yeah. You know, I never thought it would happen. My neurologist told me my condition would get worse, but it's getting better. Do you think, like a sportsman's mentality? helps with recovery with with this kind of thing uh the mental problems i went through uh i never really believed in mental health i was always oh just get on with it be brave get on with with your life so suffering mental health problems brings you down a lot but I'm through that, thankfully, and I understand now how people think when you've got that little voice in your head telling you you're no good. Uh, it, you know, you start to believe it, and it's not without you opening up to family and friends and other people. That's the only way to get you through it. You're obviously in to talk about your your book, My mm. Unbelievable Life, uh, and you talk about your apraxia in it um, and how various people were urging you to be more public as you were beginning to yeah. discover uh, more about it and how it was affecting you. Do you think that you found over that time that people actually cared more or less than you had imagined that they oh, did about definitely you? Definitely more. You think you're on your own. You can't reveal it. You can't uh, show your emotions. If you tell someone you think you're struggling, you think they'll discard you straight away. And what I've found, uh, family aside, is that TV companies, football fans in general, have all come together and thought, you know, you're still Cammy. You know, and getting to believe that has been the hardest thing for me. And now I not believe it, but I'm on board with it. And it's the best thing that could have happened. What a life um, you have so far to talk oh, about in amazing. your book. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's the first one. Yeah. Um, so there, there is so much to talk about. You talk about how you've been heavily and still are involved with uh, show racism, the red card. Mm -hmm. Do you think football is, is worse than society as a whole or is it all at the same level? No, no, football isn't worse than society, not at all. You get sporadic in, uh, instances in football now. It's not constant. But in life, you know, you can go read the newspapers and still pick up tensions with racism the whole time. But in football, 
hopefully we've cleaned our act up although it's not eradicated it that's for sure but yeah no it's chalk and cheese when i started playing football people said the n-word to your face you know i grew up with that so it was like water off a duck's back you know and you didn't get empathy or sympathy in the way that people do now you know they kept out of it um, anyone listening this afternoon um, is obviously out and about and uh, listening to rock and roll football and not watching Soccer Saturday, uh, yeah. a massive part of your life, oh, uh, which you talk about a lot in the uh, yeah. in the book with fond memories. When you started on Soccer Saturday, did you have any sense as to how big that was going to become? No, not at all. In- initially, I got drafted in and thought, What am I doing here? It was Rodney Marsh, George Best, Alan Mullery, Clive Allen, Frank McClintock, you know, and Cammy, you know, what are you doing here? If social media had been around then, I wouldn't have existed at all. And then the producer said to me, Ian Condren, we're thinking about next season putting you at the grounds. And I said, look, people haven't really got their head around people watching TV in the studio. And he went, do you want to do it or not? And I went, yeah, of course I do. I'll do it. And I did it, and thankfully it took off. And 24 years later, I'll be doing my farewells. I thought the whole time... I'm doing this as a stopping up, and I'd be back managing a football team. You mentioned about managing. You had your, your time as a manager. What do you think of the, the behaviour of managers these days? Is, is the scrutiny on them the same as it always was, or do you think they're under more pressure today with, with this, this 24-hour society we have? Everything a manager says now is highlighted, but it's happened since the year dot. Don't worry about that. Sir Alex Ferguson would have been headlined every single week, you know, because he didn't suffer fools and if a decision went against his club, he would hammer the officials, you know, so people are all of a sudden now thinking this is unusual. It's not. Mm. It's been there forever. Um, we haven't touched on Cammy the singer. Oh. Um, we're, we're here in the radio studio. If you if you hadn't been the footballing legend <laughs> that we know you for, here's a question. Which, which band would you have seen yourself as the front man of? Um, well... I'd love Elton John. So Elton John should have done a duet with Cammy. <laughs> that would have been it. Me and Elton forever going round uh, singing. He did it with George Michael once. Uh, Don't let the sun go down on me. Yeah. And how good was that? I could have made Elton John songs 
Perfect. <laughs> well, hey, look, I, I, I know Elton has stepped off the yellow brick road and you're in a different uh, time of your career now, uh, but I don't know whether there are any plans for a Euro song for <laughs> next year just yet, so maybe it's something uh, that could happen. I absolutely love Elton John. When I was a kid growing up, I loved the piano and Gilbert O'Sullivan was my hero and then Elton came up. And not only was Elton playing the piano and singing fantastic songs, he was a football fan. Did your paths ever cross uh, at the time that Elton was was at Watford? Like you know, no, him no, there. So oh, I, I played against Watford, and I only did that when I, with my life at Sky, and yeah. I managed to. I went to the boardroom because uh, I'd been tipped off by the PR bloke that Elton was there. So I went to the boardroom in the hope that I might see him, and he wasn't there. Ah! Oh. So I went out onto the gantry. He's in the director's box. So I thought, should I go over? And I thought, no. He'll say, leave me alone. I'm with my family. With that, he turned round and went, Cammy. Oh! I looked behind me just in case it was someone else. <laughs> and Imagine thought, another Cammy. Elton John knows who I am. So he went, Cammy, come over. He said, I watch soccer Saturday when I can't get to a game. I love you and Jeff. And I, now I can't tell him. He's my hero. Yeah. Otherwise, he's thinking I'm making it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Elton, could I have a selfie? I know you're with your family. And he goes, yeah, on one condition. And I went, anything at all, I can have one with you. And he got oh. David Furnish to take a picture of both of us and I had my selfie with Elton. What a fanboy moment for you. Yeah. Um, Cammy, My Unbelievable Life is out now and I would suggest would make a perfect Christmas present for somebody. Ah, oh, thank you. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming, oh, Thanks for coming by too, and it's great no. to see you looking so well and I'm dapper. I'm just getting into my flow. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll football. Podcast done.